separated from his wife, facing strained relationships with his growing children, Carlos Hidalgo hit a pivotal moment in his agency life, to say the least, in 2016. After months of toiling with the decision, he ultimately walked away from the agency he'd successfully scaled for over a decade. Now the co-founder and CEO of Digital Exhaust, a data-driven and AI-enabled agency, Carlos's journey over the past seven years has been anything but linear. It's included walking away from Annuitus, a highly regarded B2B demand gen agency he co-founded with his brother, restoring his family relationships and getting his life back into balance. Recognizing the misperceptions we often have around our careers and our identity. Even hitting the road, living and working with his wife as they traveled the country in an RV for months on end. To recently settling in a new part of the country with a new outlook on building an agency that fits the lifestyle he wants to choose for himself and his family. I believe you're going to find Carlos's story and the lessons learned, albeit hard ones, a refreshing encouragement for your own journey. I hope it's also a timely reminder to intentionally design your agency life with your top priorities at the top of your list. From all outside appearances, the agency was doing great. We were signing up brand name clients. We were growing. I was getting comments from colleagues of like, I'm seeing you guys everywhere. So that part of the business, you could probably make the case was doing really well. But personally, I was an absolute train wreck. There's a little word that has big meaning called ego. I had allowed my ego and my identity to get so wrapped up in Carlos Hidalgo is the co-founder and CEO of this agency. And look at what I have built, which is a, a total fallacy. It was anything that any success we had was a blessing from God, not anything that I necessarily had done. And it took a team where I was really was flat on my face as a, as a owner. I had made some horrible decisions personally, starting with neglecting my marriage and my kids who were all home at the time in pursuit of this agency, of this growth. I couldn't get enough of the accolades and it all just came to an end. It came to rock bottom. And where I found myself in 2016 was separated from Suzanne, having kids who were asking the question, oh, so now you want in on our lives. So I was struggling with their, that relationship and just really humbled in a way that needed to happen in order to wake me up to what was truly important and get my priorities back in, in line. And it took me 10 months. It wasn't until October of 2016, because I kept trying to make it work within the context of that agency. And I finally came to the conclusion through the help of a, a friend that just said, I can't do this anymore. And I pulled the ripcord, literally called my, my uh, called Suzanne that day. We were still separated at the time told her that I was going to be leaving, individually called my partners. And it took us four months to put that whole plan together and, and move forward that way. But it was the best decision I ever made. And it uh, really allowed me to get my life back. What was her initial response when you made that call? Because you had been building annuitous for 10, 11 years at that mm -hmm. point. 
you realize that you were hitting rock bottom. The two of you were separated. You had strained relationships with your kids, as you alluded to. And you were like, well, I, I can do the things to make this work, but it's not going to, it's not going to be the big things. It's not going to be me stepping away from the agency. It's not going to be really making the big changes, but then you decided I'm going to make a big change. And you made the call to her. What was it like at that point? Yeah, I'll never forget her response. She very graciously said, I had been hoping and praying that that would be the decision you came to, but I knew you needed to make it on your own. So I never said anything. And I so appreciated that because she had every right to make demands. She had every right to hang that over me and say, hey, if you want this back, then these things need to happen. And she never did that, partly because she knows me well enough and also was very patient. So, but that was her response. And she said, I'm proud of you and we will get through this. And also it was never done for me as if I make this move, then my marriage will end up here. I knew I had to make it for me because I got sick and tired of living the way I was living. And I just needed to put all of that behind me. We talked in a previous episode with an agency owner, Shauna Knuckles, who hit a similar turning point in just burning out in running her agency. Hers was more health related. Yours is more personally and relationship focused. But I think there's a similar story here. I kind of want to ask, you know, what were some of the warning signs? Well, you alluded to some of them already. You and your wife were separated. There are these very visible things with the relationship with your children. But you mentioned that it was also for you, like these are the external factors. These are the the collateral damage in my family and relationships in pursuing success in an unbalanced way as an agency owner. But you mentioned like you yourself were also a train wreck. What do you mean by that? What's kind of the other side of that for you personally that you got there and some of the things that other agency owners who may be getting out of balance should potentially look for? The warning signs were there long before we were separated. I just chose to ignore them. And I want to be very careful to say I chose to ignore them. It wasn't like they you know, flew by and I was like, what was that? I made a conscious choice and I'm embarrassed to say that I did. Some of those warning signs were, you know, my family asking me, could you maybe leave your laptop at home on vacation? And me saying, absolutely not. Or my wife standing in my office saying, I'm begging you not to go on this trip because your kids need you. And I went anyway, because I just felt, well, I'm running this agency and my people need me and all these things. So all of that was there to the question about where I was personally. So foundational to my life is my faith. And I walked away from that faith for a number of years. I wanted to run the show. I wanted to call the shots. I wanted to be the big guy, like I said, the ego. And so I basically parked God on a bench and said, you know what, you stay there. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Well, when the foundation on which you've built your life is removed, everything now is shifting sand. And so I made some tragically moral choices. I started to become emotional, what I say, emotionally vacant. I'm a pretty emotional guy. My wife and I joke that I cry more than she does. And I just became stoned. I had people who loved me who, and, and even people who worked with me, begin to ask, like, are you okay? You're, you're, you're so angry. And I was. I mean, I had a short fuse. And so all of these things were building. And it wasn't until I fell flat on my face and was humiliated that I started to piece things back together and say, you know what? I've got to restore that foundation. Now, thankfully, I, I 
serve and believe in a very gracious and and loving God who didn't say, hey, I'm going to remove all the pain of your choices, but I will restore you. And then bit by bit, he's been doing that. So I have been able to reconnect with that faith as the foundation of everything that I do. And it doesn't mean every day is fantastic, but I got back to who God created me to be, which now has given me the direction and kind of the North Star on how to run any business that I start or any business that I work in from here on out. I want to talk a little bit more about what it has been like for you since then. You wrote a book titled The Un-American Dream that really documented some of this story. You've been brand side. You've worked with other agencies. You recently started Digital Exhaust, your current agency that you're running. But before we get to that, you were mentioning, I, I really appreciate, Carlos, your humility and your candor talking about consciously ignoring the warning signs. And you did a great job of pointing out the things that were there before the collateral damage started to happen. Those weren't the warning signs. There were things further back. And again, I think this conversation is valuable for other agency owners who may be recognizing some of these signs. They're getting out of balance. They're getting burnt out in a way that is impacting their relationships, their family. And you mentioned a few things I wanted to call out. For you, it was about ego. And you mentioned at the beginning that everything from the outside looked great. You were getting these accolades. The agency was growing. Revenue was up. But yet people were starting to notice that you were angry. Was that because there was this disconnect of I'm I'm succeeding over here, but family life isn't going well, and, and that was frustrating to you? What do you think the tie-in between the ego and the anger was in that season for other folks maybe trying to look for some of the warning signs in themselves and in their own relationships? Yeah, I think it all came back to the identity piece. I was putting my identity in the business and the success of the business. I was whatever the agency was at that point. Well, that's not who God created me to be. Again, when you remove, when you move off that identity, when you start to believe some of the fabrication and the lies that we will tell ourselves and that people tell us, well, that's a false identity. And whenever we're living in that false self, and for me, that foundation is who did God create me to be? And what does my faith tell me that I am in the eyes of a, of a loving father? Well, if you're not living in that way, of course, there's going to be a tension, an inner tension that you're fighting against. And so whether it was conscious or subconscious, there was a, a daily thing where I was trying to kill off that person that God created me to be, and it created this tension. And it came across in how I interacted with people. It came across in my writing. I one time had a colleague who said to me, you're, you're kind of becoming the grumpy old man of B2B marketing. And I laughed and he laughed, but we talked about that after. And I said to him, and he said, yeah, I was, I was actually being serious. He said, it was coming across like you just always had this ax to grind. And I believe fundamentally, it's part of what I write about in the book, we have put so much stock in what we do and our professions and our careers and our businesses, when in reality, that's the least interesting thing about us. And so if we're tying our identity to that, there's no wonder that it, there's going to be this tension and this budding of, of heads, if you will, internally, because I don't think when we are remembered after we die or when our family remembers us or gives a new eulogy, they're going to start with, here lies Carlos Hidalgo, co-founder of two agencies. It's going to be dad, husband, friend, brother, sister. What do we want to be remembered as? And, and who were we created to be? which then gets into purpose. If I can't understand 
who God created me to be. I'm going to falsely identify my purpose. And I spent every day in that agency chasing a false purpose, which was really just proving everybody wrong who told me I would never amount to anything. That's a pretty lousy purpose. I only took one course in psychology and in college, but it's always been an area that's fascinated me. And I've remembered this term of cognitive dissonance. You know, if you, if you think or believe something, but you're acting in a way that's not in accordance with that, there's only so long that, that you can mentally deal with that. And, and for you, it was, this is my worldview. This is my faith. This is what I believe, but I'm parking that I'm, I'm removing that and I'm acting in this way, but deep down, I still believe that you can only go so long, whatever that cognitive dissonance is for you in what you believe versus the way that you're acting. Now, I know that, Carlos, you've been outspoken about your story. You talked about you tried to make some little tweaks, some little changes. It really, for you, you had to step away from the agency that you built. Mm -hmm. You had to pull the ripcord, as you said earlier. What were some of your next steps in what you called redesigning your life? You started to talk more about lifestyle design for other agencies who maybe say, man, I'm feeling these strained relationships. I'm seeing some of the warning signs of heading down a wrong path as an agency owner and entrepreneur. But does that mean I have to step away from agency life? Does that mean I have to give up my agency in order to get my life back into balance? What would you say are some of the things from your story they could learn from? And what would be your advice to them if they're asking that question right now? Yeah, the first thing I did is I had to make some apologies. I had to go to people that I had not even necessarily screwed over, just didn't treat well. It started with my wife, and that wasn't the first time I apologized, but then sitting down with my kids and then really thinking through what what is next. I didn't have some big buyout. I didn't have some big nest egg to lean back on. I literally was like, in February 17, that was it. I was done. And I had to really think through, what is this going to be? And so I decided that I was going to work through my network and just do some individual consulting. So I started a new LLC. I won't even call it an agency. It was a one-man band. And at the same time, I started discussions with Suzanne of, okay, what does this look like? What are we going to do? At that point, we had decided to get back together and start to build a what we call our second marriage. What do we want this to look like? What do we want this to be? And rather than letting the business dictate our lives, we allowed our lives to dictate the business. And so I didn't have some big growth plan. I didn't have, you know, I want to be this much by this much. I knew what we had to make to pay the bills and to live the life that we wanted. So I created a, a consultancy that afforded that. Uh, eventually, Suzanne quit her job at the public school to come work with me as my partner. She was a co-founder in that consultancy. And we were constantly talking about, hey, should we do this? Should we do that? At that point, you know, we had one child left at home who was a junior in high school. So then we started talking about what does empty nest look like? And that's something we've adopted is we're constantly talking about what do we want our lives to look like? You know, we're both in our young 50s. What do we want life to look like in our late 50s? What do we want it to look like in our in our early 60s? And again, that's presuming we're still around and nobody has a guarantee. But that's where the whole topic of life design came in. And, and even with starting Digital Exhaust, before we committed to that, we had the discussion of what do we want this to be? And she very lovingly was like, hey, here's some of the things that, could be pitfalls for you. 
because I know how you're wired and I know you are aggressive in what you want to do and you're very entrepreneurial. So those are wide open discussions, which have really bred some great emotional intimacy with us of just really being in this together. And she overhears my conversations. She overhears my my calls and I value her opinion. So I really feel like this time we're in it together. Man, what a story there from going from this agency that, that you founded, that you ran, that you felt like was your identity and that almost being on one side of the wall. And then your marriage was over here. Suzanne was saying, hey, there are other things that are important. What about us? And you're you're clinging to the agency to actually starting a consultancy where your business partners. Right. Yeah. And that won't be the path for everyone, right? Everyone is going to look a little bit different. But one of the things I've heard you say before, Carlos, is when we on the topic of work-life balance, people talk about work-life boundaries, people talk about work-life integration. And I think that that words really matter. And you have Mm -hmm. done so much thinking about this because of your story, what you've experienced, the book that you've written, the work that you've done consulting with other agencies in your network. I've heard you say, when we try to separate work from life, we make life more difficult. What do you mean by that? Yeah, work is the only thing we try to separate from life in the way we describe it. So you just talked about balance, harmony, integration. I never hear anybody talk about kids' life balance or marriage life balance or finance life balance. The reality is we all only have 168 hours each week. All of us. And as I said before, if Elon Musk hasn't figured out how to create time, I think we're all just bound by 168 hours. Included in that 168 hours is our family, the way we take care of ourselves, if we exercise or do hobbies, our kids, if we have them, our other commitments outside of things. Oh, and there's this little thing called work. And so what I mean by that is when we try to make work separate, what we actually do is we give work a preeminence in our lives as if everything else in our life should then revolve around work because we're saying it's work first and then life. And then I saw this thing on LinkedIn where like, oh, I'm going to blow everybody's mind. It's life work balance. I'm like, no, it's still 168 hours. So that's why I don't believe in balance at all. I believe in defining boundaries in our lives around those things that we value. And work should be one of those. We should value our work. But I don't care if you're running an agency. I don't care if you're working for someone or you're running a company. Put a boundary around your work, which allows you to bring the best of yourself to that. But when it's done, it's done. So I have a friend of mine who will call me sometimes at like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. And I'm like, how many times do I have to tell you I'm not going to answer my phone unless it's an emergency? And I know when it's him, it's not an emergency. So I've put some boundaries. And even with the launch of Digital Exhaust, we have really you know lofty goals for what we want to do and, and where we want to take things. And some of them have to do monetarily. Most of them do not. But I start every day at about 8.30 and I'm done every day probably by 5.30. And there may be a a slack here and there every once in a while. But even with that, if I have to tend to something, you know, Suzanne and I were out the other night, I was playing phone tag with a potential partner and it was at six o'clock and he called. Now he's two hours behind me. Before I even answered, I said to Suzanne, hey, we've been playing phone tag. And she knew exactly who I was talking about. She was like, go ahead and take it. And what she will tell you is, it's just nice to be part of the conversation versus me moving ahead and deciding what's going to happen. So yeah, 
back to the whole work-life thing, it's life. Figure out where work fits and then put the same boundaries around all those things that you value. Yeah, it's about the prioritization. And I think you said preeminence that we give it. So strategically, instead of putting work next to life on the same level and then kind of drawing the line in between and figuring out the things that roll up, you're saying strategically, mentally look at life as the top level and work is one component of that. And just that strategic change in our mindset can lead down to some differences. And you alluded there to some tactical things that you've done, communicating about your your working hours with your partners, with colleagues, with your wife. I think most importantly for, for your story, not everybody's going to be in the same family situation, right. but I think you can take those concepts of opening up and talking about those boundaries with the people who are important to you. And those might just be your coworkers, right? What else, what other things come up for you, Carlos, as you're having one-to-one conversations with other agency owners who are entrepreneurially minded? It's not like, you know, you moved to the mountains and became (laughs) a, a hermit to, you know, solve this unbalance in your life. You're still pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors. You've got a new agency, but things look different. What are some of the tactical things that flow out of that strategic mindset shift that you talked about? In addition to some of the things we've already touched on, like communication, working hour, boundaries, those sorts of things. Yeah, I think it's just a commitment to this is how I want to live. And I think the first step, anybody who's listening, is really take time. And if you have a partner, talk about and write down, this is the kind of life that we want. I was on on a call earlier today and I said, you know, here in the Adirondacks where I live, I said, when it's hunting season, you know, most of my days end at 2.30, 3 o'clock because I want to be out in the woods. And once daylight savings happens, it gets dark here at 4.30. So I only have a little time, but I alter those days to afford that. So do you want to travel? Do you want to work four days a week? Do you only want to make a million a year so you can have time to do other things? We get so caught up in, well, society says this, and we got to do this, and we got to, do you? I mean, you know the story, Logan. You were in our house in Colorado at one point. We sold that house and we moved into an RV for nine months. And the number of people who were like, oh, I would love to do that. And my response is always the same. Why can't you? So if you want to start an agency and say, hey, I know that if I only bill $750,000 a year each year, I'm going to live a great life and it's going to afford me the opportunity to spend time with my kids, spend time with my wife, go see new places, do new things, then do it. And just say, that's our goal. Every year, 750K. And you know what? We're going to work hard while we're working, but life is so much more than all of that. So work so that you can live, don't live so that you can work. And I think it's just a commitment to those principles and not letting other people dictate what you should be doing or how you should be doing it. Success should be defined by you. And if you have a partner, a wife, a husband, it should be defined by both of you. And That's those are the only two that really matter. I think if every agency owner or aspiring agency leader listened to that, then they would be on the right path, as you're saying there, Carlos, because often we look at the competition, we look at 
hey, just what would aggressive growth look like? And then we let that dictate what our right. life looks like. And some folks may flip that around and say, what do I want my life to look like? And then then what do I want my business to look like? That's going to look drastically differently. Like you said, some people may say, hey, I want a $750,000 a year agency. Other folks may still say, I want to build something to 5, 10, 20 million. Okay, kudos to you, but it's different getting there when you've made the decision to think about what do I want my life to look like and then how do I want to build my agency and my work to support that. And so the answers will be different for folks and it will be different for folks in different seasons as well. But the power is in asking the question first, what do I want my life to look like and then what do I want my work to look like. So I think it's just great that we're keying in on that because the name of the show is Agency Life. I'm glad you talked about the seasons and you're spot on. So I won't talk about that. If your goal is a 10, 20, $30 million agency, let me say this. If you have a partner, wife, husband, whatever, you make sure they're aligned with that. Because I hear all the time these owners talk about the sacrifice. If you don't have the buy-in from the people that are affected, they're the ones that are sacrificing and you just become selfish. And I say that as somebody who did that. So I think that's, a, that's an important delineation. Very solid point because a big part of our life is yes. those relationships and those key close relationships. And I think that's evident in your story, both in the hard times that you hit and the mistakes there. And also, as you as you put it, the redemption and the change that has happened since then. You know, one thing that we didn't touch on in part of your story is that you co-founded your agency, mm -hmm. Annuitus, yeah. with your brother. So maybe we could spend just a couple of minutes talking through for anybody listening to this, it's not uncommon in the agency space to have business partnerships with your family members, with even close friends and, and folks in your network that are more than just business acquaintances. I wonder if you could just speak to that a little bit, whether they're hitting a spot like you hit or just trying to deal with the stressors of balancing relationships in and around the agency any advice or learnings you would share based on that experience? Yeah, I think you have to really draw those lines. Business is business, personal is personal. My brother ended up departing the agency several years before I did, and he was very outspoken, said, I, I do not want to ride this growth thing. I, I don't, I'm not willing to give what it takes. And so he left. He's doing coaching now and advising, um, and he just, realized that it wasn't for him. And I admired that, that he had that understanding of, hey, this isn't for me. This isn't what I want to do. Or this is what I signed up for. And so I think you have to be really clear. I also think you have to really define your swim lanes. You know, when I started here, when I co-founded with Digital Exhaust, one of my closest friends uh, is my partner. And he and I are constantly talking about swim lanes. Even just the other day, we were trying to work out calendars and we were like, wait a minute. There's two of us. We do not both need to be on every call. It's a bad use of time. We trust each other implicitly. So take notes and we'll brief. And so even having those little conversations are, is so important. And also with the understanding that, hey, he's not going to do things the way I do every time because he's him and I'm me and vice versa. But what we have realized is there's a lot of goodness and learning in a different perspective. And then lastly, the thing that we're very cognizant of is just showing the gratitude for each other. So he created our, our entire website and, and did a phenomenal job. 
I want to make sure he knows how much I appreciate that. And so even sometimes during the, towards the end of the day, we'll just shoot each other a slack. Hey man, thanks for all the work that you're doing. Is it what we're in business for? No, but it's really nice to know that you're appreciated and that the work you are doing is noticed. And, And that goes for anybody, whether they're partners or anything. But the biggest thing is keep them separated. Understand that, you know, when you're, if you're in business with a brother or a sister or a parent, the family outing, you don't have to sit there and talk business. In fact, don't. Talk about your relationship. Talk about what's going on. Business will be there on Monday when you get back. I think that's solid advice. Well, Carlos, this has been a great conversation. We want to round it out with the two segments that we always have here on Agency Life are Fast Five and then give you the opportunity to give a shout out to someone who has really impacted your journey through Agency Life. So you ready? Yep, let's do it. All right. So the first one, if someone gave you 10K a month right now to spend any way you could for digital exhaust, no strings attached, what would you do with that added investment into the agency right now? I would put it some towards software development, some of the things that we're working on for our clients. And then the other part I would put into our uh, marketing efforts as a way to bring some clients to us. I love that. We talked in episode two of this show all about a small agency that has put a lot of effort into YouTube and video. And I love to hear more agency owners talking about not being the cobbler's Mm -hmm. kid with no shoes as it often goes with agencies trying to market their own business. All right. Number two, what are your all-time favorite business books that have impacted you as an agency owner the most, Carlos? Um, I love anything by the Heath brothers about uh, change, anything about the Challenger sale by Brent and Pat um, and Matt Dixon. Uh, fantastic books. And then uh, Ram Sharon and Larry Bossidy once wrote a book on the discipline of getting things done. And those have always been my go-tos. And I actually have a switch here by uh, Chip and Dan Heath that I reference often. It's notated, it's underlined. And I absolutely love that book because I think it's something that every business leader will face is how to manage change. Really good call outs. Number three, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but maybe you have something more specific or something different. Carlos, what's one mistake you've made in running your agency that you'll never forget? Yeah, it was just putting my identity into the agency and tying myself to that in a way that was so unhealthy. And I will never, ever do that again. And part of that is not that I'm so great. I'll never fall into that trap again. I've got an amazing wife and couple of dear, dear friends who are brothers to me that I hold myself accountable to and gently will kick me in the backside when needed and uh, keep me between those buoys. And I'm eternally grateful for that. I love it. All right. Rounding it out with four and five. Carlos, what's the hardest part about agency life in your opinion? I think for any business owner, whether it's an agency or otherwise, is the temptation to always be dwelling on it and think through it. You know, you have those times where you wake up at night and now you're running pipeline in your head or you're remembering something that you forgot to do. And it's shutting it off is and especially when you love who you're doing it with and what you're doing and what you're building. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. And it does feed part of you that how you were wired. But what I have found is there's a lot of health in shutting it off because it allows me to come back refreshed and energized. And so it's one of the reasons that I run when I run, I don't run with headphones. It allows me to just think 
and process over an hour. And it kind of allows that whole thing to that nervous energy to get out. And then I'm able to shut it off after 530. Great stuff. All right. We're going to round it out on a positive note. Number five, what's the best part about agency life, Carlos? You know, the best part is, is especially now is who I'm doing it with. My partner, Tracy, uh, like I said, he's like a brother to me, a kindred spirit. I've had a over a decade relationship with him and being able to do it with him, being able to do it, you know, have my wife be what, you know, my chief advisor because she hears so much of what we're doing and, and the path we're taking. I just love it. And when we started this, I kept saying over and over, I want to do cool things with cool people that I love and respect. And here we are and I'm getting to do that. And that's the thing I love the most. So good. So good. All right. Speaking of good, we want to give you an opportunity to give a good shout, good shout out. Who is someone who has really impacted your journey in agency life, Carlos, that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah. One of my dearest friends and mentors, Jim Woodcock. Jim was our, he was an advisor to us at Annuitas. Uh, he joined us as our chief operations officer. Just had the joy of talking to him again last Friday. And uh, Jim has been a mentor, a, a guide, has shared his wisdom and experience with me on, on, on a personal level, on a business level. Immensely grateful for his friendship and, and his, uh, his mentorship and, and the impact he's had on my life. It's been really, really profound. Well, Carlos, that's a great point to end it on, as we always do here on Agency Life. And last question for you, if there are other agency owners who want to stay connected with you as a peer, they want to learn from your story, maybe they want to get a copy of The Un-American Dream, what would be the best ways for them to stay connected with you? Yeah, for The Un-American Dream, you can just go to Amazon and, and purchase that, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you want to get a little more personal, connect with me at Carlos at digitalexhaust.co. Be careful, your browser or your email may automatically put in the .com, but it's .co. Carlos, thank you so much for your humility, your candor in sharing your story, in giving some advice on what has come from that and how you've been able to find a path out of the turning point that you hit as an agency owner that could have gone a different way, that could have had not the the ending and the rest of the story that it did have. But I'm so thankful for that and thankful that you shared it with us today. So appreciate you spending time with me and glad we got to record one of our many great conversations, my friend. Yeah. Likewise, Logan. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to Agency Life. And if you made it this far, you're probably enjoying the show. If so, you can help other agency leaders find the show in about 14 more seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can simply scroll down till you see ratings and reviews and tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. We'll really appreciate it. And so will the other agency leaders who find the show based on your rating. And if you're looking for even more content to support your agency life journey, check out teamwork.com slash agency life. There you can search through past episodes, get access to the agency life newsletter and find additional video content to support and inspire you as you continue on this crazy roller coaster ride that is agency life.